Dad Pod. Well, this is a video thing as well. Have a name. Podcast. Oh, midlife crisis. Howdy, daddy. Mm. Midlife crisis. <laughs> Dadcast. That's not bad, actually. Dadcast: Misadventures in Parenting, brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasure Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest. And we're live. I'm muting everybody. Uh, you're very welcome along to this week's edition of Dadcast, which may be a little bit shorter than uh, some of our other Dadcasts. Are we recording? Are we recording? Yes, we are. There's a little red button in the top corner. This is our second try at this, ladies and gentlemen. I've been doing this 21 years, 21 years of uh, not being smart enough to be able to do this. I, will, I can unmute you all now and I can uh, take the abuse. And Dave's angrily talking somebody off over his shoulder there. So... Uh, right. Uh, apologies to uh, all the dads are here this week. Nathan is here. Hey, Jer. <laughs> Hi, Nathan. Adrian's here. For fuck's sake. And now, uh, language. We have sponsors. We've just it. done, like... Dave. Yeah, Dave, how are you? I hope that particular moment is subject to the editing suite after this. We have people, we have paymasters, Adrian. We can't behave in such flagrant fashion now that we uh, now that we are a reputable quartet in some of some scripture this is really annoying because actually um nathan had thrown his mother-in-law under the bus <laughs> and the chances of him doing it now Sorry, he knew that he did it in the first place <laughs> you can't just go making stuff up i won't go through my holiday game where we had this brilliant time uh, will, will, will we, will, we, will we give the audience we wanted, wanted. No, I you brought your, so. Nathan brought his, what he was saying was he I didn't bring my mother-in-law specifically at the very start to look after the kids and then halfway through the chat that Gerber the I forgot to record said oh no I didn't bring her to mind the kids until he was reminded that was exactly what he said and then he no, put the reverse I said away I'm, I'm not I'm not going to go over it again I didn't say that I said <laughs> it does anybody who brings <laughs> their parents or in-laws it comes in quite handy at a certain stage of the holiday because it means you can go out for one evening uh, I was very generous on that evening with my wife where I said on Friday night like we should go for dinner on Friday night it's like oh yeah 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 let's go to the hotel what time maybe about half seven we'd go for dinner and just make sure we're booked into the bar near that giant big screen they have showing uh, Real Madrid Manchester mm-hmm. City. <laughs> oh, well, wow. you did. The fact was, the very, very one of the very first things you said was, "We brought the mother and I to split the cost to babysit." That's. I don't think yeah, I'm no, even I paraphrasing did not, that. I did not. I did not say that. Well, I think you could have three three other uh, witnesses to say to say that's exactly what happened. You wouldn't be the first person to bring the in-laws on a holiday. I mean, that is definitely acceptable behaviour. Probably the first person, though, Dave, to sort of openly say we brought them to split the cost <laughs> and look after the kids. <laughs> no, but I think the, the looking after the kids was not was not in this. Uh, my battery's not going to last now because Jared screwed up uh, <laughs> the entire. <laughs> if only, if only you could plug it in and get a charger. Uh, well, I can't you, you... because I'm plugged into the headphones there, Jerry. You know how this works. He's uncomfortable. Yeah, I, I know technology ain't your strong point right now. You can oh, you can. There's like a little thing at the side of the computer that you can plug a charger into that also works for the. Um... Mm. Uh, right, Dadcast, The Misadventures of Parenting is brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures, the space series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and one surprise toy in every chest. The product is treat-wise at only 76 calories. The uh, white Freddo Treasures are also now available. White Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and one surprise toy in every chest, only 77 calories. Uh, some correspondence this week. Dave and Amy, uh, an expectant dad. All right, lads, just discovered your pod recently. And been listening back to the earlier episodes, sometimes with the missus when we're in the car. Very enjoyable and relatable. 
turns out everybody thinks we're relatable. Uh, we just found out a couple of weeks ago that we're pregnant with our first, around six weeks along now. It was planned, although it happened faster than we expected. Not the first time she's heard that, eh? What? Oh, hey. Uh, and so far, so good. I'm dying to tell everyone, but we'll hold off until the scan and we hear the heartbeats. I'm sure I'll be back on to you seeking your wisdom when we're further along. But in the meantime, one concern I have is that I tend to lack energy at the best of times and only can only endure about an hour with my six nieces and nephews before I have to go for a nap. I'm wondering, when you have kids of your own, is there a magical reservoir of energy that parents can dip into which gets them through the weeks, or should I expect to be more or less a miserable zombie for the next few years? Lie to me. Any tips or suggestions in this regard would be greatly appreciated. Cheers, Dave and Amy. Well, first off, congratulations. And secondly, uh, you are going to be a miserable zombie for the next few years. <laughs> uh, my first question would be, given that his wife is only six weeks along, is there, was there a line of that email where Dave and Amy asked not to be named? No. No. Okay, so they've told the dad cast that they're having expected the first child before they've told their parents, or maybe their parents, but uh, other people within their close-knit family. Um, yeah, look, the, well, the first part, yeah, you're definitely going to be a zombie. Well, that is just a given, and that will be the case for... Probably two or three years. I'm going to get the full conversation as well. It was not mine, but it has it has come from my house. Yes, there's a lot going on in the background here, including something very major, which I will explain to you once the, we have stopped recording, um, like a life changing event. But it's right. just like the, you've got the doctors into the house doing the snip in your gas. <laughs> yeah. Live. Just, I'm just waiting for the uh, socially distancing camera crew to get their equipment set up. But. Um, I God, don't I'm know. No, I'm not. I'm not going to be able to think about anything else, Dave. What's give me a clue? No, no. There's no need. There's an Ooh. interesting. Um, it's an interesting question about where do you get your energy from? Because obviously, physically, you don't suddenly discover a reservoir of adrenaline and glucose levels that just keep you on an even keel for the duration that's required. But it's, it must be an evolutionary thing. I mean, we're not designed evolution-wise to cope with our six nieces and nephews. Because if we treated our own children in the way that we like to hand them back after half an hour, the human race would cease to exist very quickly. Like you can tolerate your own kids. Yeah, it is tiring though. Did, did, did the correspondent say that they were listening to us before they were up the duff? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean, they've only recently discovered it and they've been listening together, so. I mean, maybe maybe they were like listening to us as they got up to Duff. Who knows? Well, I was literally going to say it seems like an incredibly odd aphrodisiac. I listened to the dad cast and then be in the humour for being uh, romantic. The the episodes where we describe the horrors of the delivery room, for example, would I <laughs> thought been one of the great contraceptives. <laughs> what's our what's our uh, correspondent's name again? Dave. Uh, Just to repeat, to repeat Dave. it. It should be easy to remember. <laughs> Dave and Amy. Dave and Amy. Can't be too many Dave and Amy's out there. Uh, the one thing, Dave, is the naps are gone. Hmm. The, the thing you need to enjoy for the next seven, eight months, Saturday mornings, just go back to bed. Just don't get up. Just stay in bed as long as you can and naps. After, when you're a little bit hungover and it gets to the middle of the afternoon, you just want to lie on the couch, start watching the movie or something and fall asleep for two hours. Do that as much as you can, because that ain't ever coming back. When's the last time I, any of the four of us drifted off to sleep mid-afternoon? No. Uh, I think a few weeks ago, we stuck on a movie, and somehow all three children 
Kent were watching and I just sort of went, oh, that half an hour was just glorious. I'd was, say it's uh, six years for me, I'd say. I was in this, I normally, so we, they, they watch it, or they, all of our watches a bit of TV before he goes to sleep. And lately, the, the PGA at the weekend has knocked the stuffing out of me entirely for the week now. I was like one o'clock again last night going to bed, which is ridiculous when you're trying to catch up with your sides. But I fell asleep on the couch while they were watching the TV. And then the youngest one sort of climbed up on top. And, but like, it, I, what I find the biggest difference for me is that I used to be a fairly light sleeper. And now I find that like if I managed to fall asleep on the couch in that scenario that like they could be using me as a trampoline um, and there's not really much budge in me. Um, but you've got to take your sleep where you can get it once you become a uh, parent was probably the only advice that I could give. And it's not easy. Bloody hell. You start getting tired when you drive is the other thing when you have kids. I, I could yeah. never understand when I was younger. You know, if you're particularly back then going from Mayo to Dublin was a long hour trek. You know, they might want to pull in for 45 minutes just to have a bit of a... I'm like, what? Why would we want to sleep? Just keep bloody going. Whereas now it's like... Yes, got to pull in. Got to get the coffee. Got to get the coffee. Yeah, God. Um, there was, I was, when I was searching for that email that came through, we did find, I did find another email from back in January from somebody who did want to be anonymous, who called himself Fat Dad, who talked about having a struggle with his weight until um, he ended up getting sick and having to spend a few days um, in hospital. We're losing you, Jer. This is all going to get really speedy now in a second. <laughs> <laughs> he was in hospital and then he got to let go off and he was at home. Let, let's just all guess what we think happens next. <laughs> <laughs> Does he? Hey. See the light and lose all the weight. But as he was waiting for <laughs> and uh, it found out that they had another one on the looks for his weight and he was a psychologist, weight loss expert, Andrew and Patrick. <laughs> Did you just say sex experts? We've we've missed everything that just happened. <laughs> As have our listeners, Jerry. You're going to have to recap that entire story. <laughs> Sounds good, though. We got an email <laughs> from yes. somebody that I found when I was looking for the uh, correspondence this week about somebody who'd gone and taken the decision to have gastric sleeve surgery. And um, two weeks, two years later, and after a lot of work in the gym, he's 11 stone lighter and currently training for his first triathlon, uh, inspired, I suspect, by um, some, some of the people on this. And he says the best thing about it is his family life, chasing the kids all day long, loads more time in the pool and outdoors in the gym. So the advice has to be to um, uh, the expectant dad to spend some time getting fit. Now, use these seven months to get fit because there will be a whirlwind coming when you have your child and you won't have any time to go off and do stuff or build in little bits of exercise daily to your routine if you possibly can and try and stick to them when you have the baby as opposed to lying in on Saturday morning because that's like... Well, let's not be alarmist. very alluring. Let's not be alarmist. On the assumption that it's not twins or triplets or anything even of greater numerical significance than that, for six months, I'm just taking, you know, your general, your average situation. His wife will be on maternity leave. That means that one or the other can have a lie on every second morning at least. The baby is going to sleep for about 15 hours a day. So it isn't going to be the cataclysmic event that 
some people would make it out to be. I think we've been pretty good in this podcast for portraying the positive side of these things as well. That yeah, I don't know. I think you don't go weeks on end. There's a bomb going off in your life. Well, you, what if Oof, they go in the middle of the night? Yeah. yeah. If you get a non-sleeper, those 15 hours might come Jeez. from 8 a.m. to like 3 p.m., wake up for a little while, and then be like, wah, from midnight to half four in the morning, and you are dead. But there will be yeah. time for you to get some sleep. There always is. You may just have well, to sleep during not the if day. You, not if, but what have you got to work? Well, I suppose I'm kind of going off my own experience. <laughs> Where work wasn't necessarily a major imposition at, at some times, as you guys well know. But Because um, I know there was often an empty chair there where you expected it to be filled by someone resembling me. But I don't know. It's not all you know, negative. There is the potential to get some sleep. There is a potential to be able to relax here and there when there's the two of you in it and one of the two is on maternity leave. Um, one last bit of correspondence. James Downey got in touch with us on Twitter to say, I think I've saw Nathan trying to fold down a buggy today in Courtown. Wife, presumably, had to come to the rescue. We've all been there. Uh, should have said hello, James. Should have said hello. Yeah, that was actually that was just on our way back from. Oh, it's gone now. That story. We went to Wells' house and it was closed. So we went to Core Town in the cold and the rain and the misery. And we just got a we got a travel buggy for the soon to be two year old. You'll be glad to know. Um, and I had never used it before, and there was no instruction, so I had no idea how to get this buggy down. So yes, I had to get my wife into the rescue. I didn't actually know it was uh, going to be a, a big thing at the time, but obviously I quickly discovered that I was being. Uh, watched at this crucial moment and I'd let myself down badly <laughs> and all of mankind down badly. Oh no, you were by no means the first male or father to struggle with a travel buggy. They take on a life of their own and your fingers are in peril constantly of just getting snipped off at the tips. I've, There's also had, a part of you that's like, I am man and if I was to properly go at this with force, I would probably break it. Mm. You know, if I was to put my foot through it the way I feel it needs to be pushed down, it may just snap, is my excuse. Celebrity dad Nathan Murphy struggles with struggles hilariously. You won't believe what celebrity dad <laughs> yeah. Nathan Murphy is struggling to do. Coming to the coming to the Daily Mail soon. He thought uh, he was putting the buggy away, and then this happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you would actually love that, Nathan. If the Daily Mail would if, if the Daily Mail would only report on your travails in parenting, if you would only, love it. If only. Um, we did also have uh, another one. Um, Dave, you were starting the story when I realized that I had not quite actually hit record, but you were um, talking about GA camp and how you were worried about passing on to your kids the very fears and anxieties that you had. Yeah, it was, it was mainly the Sunday night before the Monday on which camp begun. I was definitely nervous about him going because I just wasn't sure how much he would enjoy it. And um, particularly, the, um, it's G, it was Rahina's GA camp. It's actually, it's just gone brilliantly, thankfully, and they've organized it incredibly well. And they've ticked every box as regards COVID and social distancing and all the precautions that had to be in place. I've been, I've been so impressed with him. But um, he, he wasn't always a fan of the hurling side of things. And I was just worried that if I wasn't there and he wanted to duck out for that segment of it, what would he do? Would he be on his own? Would he feel left out? Would he feel a little bit isolated? And I'm pretty sure that I projected all of my anxieties onto him over that weekend prior to camp starting. Because I just noticed a little change in his behavior and um, I think I was just pestering him too much about it, almost wanting him to tell me what I wanted to hear, for him to tell me, no, don't worry, I will be fine, and I will really enjoy myself, and you have nothing to worry about. And 
well, that was just one specific example. It got me to thinking as to the, you know, the overall situation as regards passing on your own anxieties and nerves onto your children. Because we've talked about it on the pod many times about how the, the worries that we have for our kids and certain fates befalling them and our family and maybe them getting sick or getting hit by a car or being unhappy or, you know, failing in school or whatever it might be. At what point, how do you ensure that you don't unnecessarily transfer these anxieties onto them? Because mm-hmm. I did it and it affected him in a little way. And thankfully he's mentally strong enough to be able to overcome what I'm doing to him. But uh, I'm just wondering what your experience of that was. Well, did this come up a little bit in the Irish Times this week as well when there was somebody talking about um, their kids being anxious about not being shouted at by their dad? Yeah, well, there was a, a father had written into the, the uh, child section of the, what, what is it, the parenting section of the Irish Times. And he, the headline was basically, I've become a shouter and it's affecting my kids. And he had been told by his wife that his children were now in fear of him. And he was basically reaching out, seeking a little bit of advice on how to change that situation. So yeah, it can happen very easily. And sometimes we've all wondered whether we shout too much. We've talked in detail on the podcast and episodes gone by about trying to avoid the descent of the red mist and losing the rag. And if you lose it often enough, eventually your kids are going to be cowering in fear of your reaction to something usually trivial. Yeah. Uh, my middle child sometimes will shout, why are you being so cross? And then the whole, the whole place erupts in laughter and we're like, it's a good, good question. <laughs> <laughs> my, my wife screwed me over completely last, last year when we were on holidays. <laughs> um, where last year. <laughs> I'm not, like, I, I don't lose my temper. I, like, just don't have a temper. So I don't, you know, the red mist does not descend. <laughs> I am just. This, a, I, I also would like to beg to differ. I mean, I don't really. Know. Have you have you been on this podcast for the last three years, telling us about the various instances when you've actually been screaming at your own children? Yeah, no, 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 but not not. I no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be. I. Uh, it's like a constant low level anger, <laughs> which is even worse. So I don't know what was. I'd be just particularly on holidays and things like that. Be you know wary of overly wary of the surroundings and things like that. So I'd always be you know, over-parenting. Uh, so my wife said, oh, one day, why, why, why is daddy always so angry? And the kids have latched onto that and now use this as a stick to beat me with constantly. Whenever I'm kind of getting a little bit angry, like, why are you angry again? You're always angry. Tommy says you're always angry. Like, said it once. No, I'm not. said it once. <laughs> oh, God. But that, I'll show you that, angry. <laughs> part of me kind of laughs and part of me goes like, is this now, is this me? Is this, yeah. this who I am in their eyes? I'm the angry guy. And how do I how do I get away how do I get away with that or get away well, from there that? that? There is that like I don't know. Um, am I in danger of giving away too much here? Sure, look, if I break the habit of a lifetime, I suppose. Um, there is that thing of like I say myself, my wife would be pretty like obviously we had a relationship before we had kids, and then you behave like a normal human being until you have kids, and then you have to change your behavior to the point. But obviously, when they when they become aware of you and of behavior generally, if that's not too abstract a concept, but um, so like yeah, so we but we haven't really curtailed curtailed our own um, behavior towards each other in terms of like you know have a bit of a dig here and there. It's all good in good spirit and good fun, <laughs> and we do it fairly. <laughs> you better you better just this. explain that. You better. It's well, metaphorical, not literal. 
no, like a, a jibe or like a yes. bit of a you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and so yeah, so that happens, and then obviously, like Nathan said, then sometimes the kids can be like, so it's only recently I've started to say, oh, actually, maybe it's not, maybe it's not right to say, to say those things in front of the kids because like they're taking them absolutely literally and then running with it, like, um, you know, uh, whereas. That's not really the intention of it. Um, I don't know where, why it's, I'm tired and stressed. I don't know why you started making this point. What's, what's going on? What are we, what are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> you're what you're we... an angry man. You're an angry man. You don't want your kids to think of you as an angry man. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. The point, the point was that in relation to the Dave's original question, because I think there's two different things at play here, is that ultimately um, we are... You're all, you're, we're all offshoots of our parents, good, bad, and different. So there's been things that all of our parents would have done when we grew up that have rubbed off on us. And in the, you know, with the benefit of maturity at some point, whether that be at 13, 15, 18, 25, 40, you realize, you start to become aware of these things and you choose to bring them with you for good or leave them, leave them behind you for bad. Do you know what I mean? Like that, just because you're saying... Dave, um, in this instance, you know, why couldn't you be good at football or like, would you not get into football or would you not watch them or whatever it might be? It doesn't always have to leave like some lasting scar. And also, you have to be yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't be constantly second guessing yourself to say, um, am I, is this the right approach? Am I a fantastic parent every second of the day? Of course, you're not. I, I don't think I ask myself that very often because the answer is clearly no, I'm not. The, uh, and, I, and I don't think anyone is the best parent they could be. I mean, if, if every dad sat down and analyzed the way that they handle certain situations, you could definitely be a better parent. But there's no such thing as perfect. Like no one's going to get there. So you can do your best to kind of get to that situation. But I don't spend too much time worrying about whether I'm doing things perfectly or not. It was just in this situation, I just felt that I, my worries made the other party more worried than they needed to be so i think i'll learn from that next yeah, time I think, yeah i think for example are you scared of flying does uh the, does the experience of flying when hopefully you will at some point do it again do you transmit that fear to your kids or are you scared of spiders or whatever like all of those things they are scared of dogs like how you react and how you respond to it my children are all terrified of wasps and bees because like you know, I'm Ned Flanders. Anytime I see one, what are we going to do? <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's probably it's probably incredibly important for the next few weeks as well as they start to go back to crash and to school because of that balance of them being aware of what they have to do to make sure that they're safe and that they look after themselves and they wash their hands and all that stuff. But you don't want them to be fearful of going back to school the way we probably will be at times over the next little while and worried about what awaits them and how their life is going to be affected as to how you get that balance of, well, it's not going to be normal, but also don't stress about it. Don't stress about it. As you're saying, Dave, don't stress about it. Despite you talking about it all the time, how this is going to be this massive change. Just don't stress about it. Leave all the stress to me. Fine. Fine. I'll just stress about this. You, you just be perfectly fine. Eight year old. Yeah. The answer is to bottle it up yourself. <laughs> and keep it right down there deep inside. Don't mention it to the person who you are worried you may end up worrying, um, which is what I should have done. I should have just let day one unfold 
and then if there were any issues arising today, when we deal with them then, as opposed to me spending most of the previous Sunday saying, so are you looking forward to tomorrow? Is there any parts that you're looking forward to more than others? Are there any parts that you're not necessarily looking forward to as much as others? What happens if this happens? Or what if the hurling starts and you don't like it? And what about this, that, and the bloody other? It was in his ear the whole time. Poor fella. It was badly, badly managed. So I will learn from it. Well, uh, look, that's all you can do, right? That is literally all you can do is make these mistakes now and, and hope that at some point they don't throw them back in your face in 20 years and stick you with a, a, a big bill for therapy or whatever it is. Uh, mm. All right. Um, I don't know how long we've done. Is that, does anybody know how long? You, can, you, can you tell? Well, from we, the... We've actually done about an hour and a half, but in terms of stuff that's been recorded, Jared, I'd say about half an hour. Can I just point out on the anger thing as well that we shouldn't forget during all this that like our kids are manipulative little bastards. So ever since my wife said that about the anger, the middle child, the middle child constantly brings it up when I have good reason to be angry. He just turns it back at me and goes, oh, this, you're angry, daddy. Like mommy said, angry. And I'm like, but, but, I, but I'd be entitled to be angry right now. But now you're putting it back at me and I can't be angry because I'm just proving her point by being angry. She has really landed you in it there. I know. And it's so... And I'm, perfect, I'm perfectly pleasant. I would become incredibly angry if I was accused of being angry when not angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's vicious. So how are you going to get out of this? Well, I'm like anything, I hope he just forgets about it as time goes on. No, but dealing with your own anger issues, I think Dave means. I didn't. It's definitely not Dave's gap anyway, right? Like, no. Yeah, he's, we've established that. Uh, Actually, this is going to look great in videos. He's getting angrier. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I think I know what's going on in his house. I might be mistaken, but I think I know what's going on. Um, and only that I think it might breach some sort of a potential sort of personal the bit where he told you not to mention it that bit, yeah, like. <laughs> did he? Did, was that? Was that? Yeah. Yes, okay, that was, yeah. There was a message yeah, yeah, in yeah, expressly. Yeah. People are going to find it even more. It, like, it, think it's far more it's, interesting than maybe it actually is now. Yeah. yeah. No, no it's not we talk about it it's the, the, the fact the fact that Dave is sitting there broadcasting while this is happening is yeah. It's like anyway. It's probably let's move on. <laughs> Very quickly, um, hello, woman from Scotland again. Now that the cast is definitely back, congrats on a great sponsor. Wondered if the dads fancy trying out this 50-50 quiz. It's for men living in a household with dependent children and focuses on the tasks that arise purely as a result of this. It's quite lengthy, but could provide some good material. Or chuck it in the S file if you think it's shit. Hashtag no judgments. Clearly judging us. Uh, we'll, I'll put up some of the questions on the Dadcast Twitter account over the next while, as opposed to getting into it at the moment. But the last episode I listened to was interrupted at least 20 times, but I think I picked up that electric picnic is cancelled, so a certain dad may have some kind of delay to his self-imposed snip deadline. I'm surprised no one has mentioned before that the key to a successful vasectomy is extremely regular scheduling, which must begin as soon as ready. This is clearly stated in the important leaflet to be read before this procedure and will typically be within a couple of days. What more of an incentive could be needed? Keep the pods coming. All the best. Fill it out. Working. Married mum with two kids, four and six, living the parenting dream near Prestwick. Mm. Who is she talking about? You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Just in case any of our slow <laughs> listeners out there, Dave promised at the electric picnic last year, which is like next week or the week after, uh, that he'd have had the snip done by now, but there's no sign of it. He's kicked that can down the road. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was always likely this situation would arise 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's, she's calling it a massive incentive. I don't think that changes the dynamics of the situation at all. I'm shrugging my shoulders there for the benefit of our listeners. I am intrigued by the quizzes, by the 50-50 quiz questions. No, no, stick with, the, stick, with the, stick with the other bit there. So it would be no change for your normal schedule? Is that what you're saying? That doesn't change the, because of that? Or it would be actually something that is too exhausting to you and you'd be I, like, oh, no, thanks. No, I can't see... I don't see anything that would alter the schedule, the, the particular schedule she's talking about, really. Like, the schedule is the schedule. Do you know? There is no is schedule. It, is there, is there, I was just going to say, is there a schedule? Yeah. There is no schedule. It's... Um, the schedule, you know, not, we've, we've spoken so much about schedules, but we've we're never not actually Murphys. committed ourselves as to say whether we have schedules or not. I'm going I'm to dip in first here. And I appreciate that you three might be the ones standing at the edge of the uh, 40 foot looking at me saying you're going to follow me in and, and don't bother. So I understand that before I say this. <laughs> um, but no, there's no schedule in our house. I, I, I'm, and that's not like some sort of a, hey, no schedule, neither around here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do that again? What does it mean? <laughs> sure, we, we, we wouldn't have enough paper. Clear. <laughs> we wouldn't have enough ink or paper to get ours filled in. <laughs> uh, that's me done. <laughs> It's actually quite warm in here. Come on, it's quite warm in here. <laughs> <laughs> who's, who's next? Gilroy. Sorry, is the question do you actually uh, go to schedule. the trouble of, of having to schedule sex? So, no. like your Gruffalo wall chart has a little mark on it. <laughs> <laughs> Are there a, tick, a little a ticker on that calendar reminder? Friday. You mark, you mark it with a tick or an X, depending on what's taking place. <laughs> oh, <Jesus>. <laughs> <laughs> a rating, Dave, or is that like a is that like body position? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, wh whether or not an event took place at all. Whether you whether you've missed your scheduled event. I thought you were actually putting in a specific sort of. <laughs> Uh, analysis for the, no. for the meeting, yeah. Well, I can, I'll follow you down, down the uh, cliff edge, Adrian. There's definitely none in this house, and I couldn't ever imagine there being one, really. Things just, such matters just take care of themselves. Or don't. <laughs> or don't, as, <laughs> as the case may be. <laughs> we know the Murphy's yeah, no considered in, one, didn't no they? schedule in this house. <laughs> <laughs> it was a listener that had got in touch with us at one stage discussing the fact that they had a schedule, wasn't it? Maybe that's where it came from. It was, uh, I was at a stag and the, yeah. the stag turned around to everybody and went, here, do you have to schedule sex? And one of my mates went, no, we just do it every night. And that was the, that was the starting point for this conversation. A, a good year and a half ago now at this point, I'd say. Um, are we ever going to all have stag parties? Well, I mean, I'm too old from there anyway, but like no one's going to have stag parties the way they used to have, are they? like gatherings where you go off and stay in a cheap hotel and share a room and go out and shout at each other in loud bars. That's not going to happen anymore, is it? And lie and li about having sex every night. <laughs> um. 
Yeah, not at the minute. Anyway, did you have you committed here, Jerry? Are you sidetracking this or are you? No, no, I said I said that there's no there's no schedule. Uh, I, I mean, I don't. I like. I think I, I can see why people do have it though. I can totally understand. Someone's um, someone's broadcasting live into the show there. Someone's earphones are picking up a lot of conversation there, Dave. Probably you. Yeah, uh, it is. It is me. <laughs> just <laughs> look at the look. <laughs> Killer just look. mute there in case we hear anything we're not supposed to. So yeah, could you take him in next Wednesday at about half past two? Less than 15 minutes all told. Sad conversation has been shifted into the next room. It'll be cleaned up and gone. Uh, no, it, it hasn't. We're getting that loud and clear, Dave. Oh, it's gone now, it's gone now. The microphones are, the microphones are very good. I, I will bring you some of those questions that, um, I mean, I think they're, uh, one example is your partner is pregnant and you're discussing parental leave. You decide, A, you will continue to work full-time and take two weeks off around the time of the birth. B, your partner will take the full amount of parental leave, even though it's likely to affect your career prospects and earning potential when she returns to her current position of work. And C, you'll split the parental leave you're entitled to, as it'll be great to bond with the child while still a baby and work is important to both of you. That's the example. That's one of the examples. There are many more. It's 15 of them. Right. Um, but, uh, it's not as incendiary as I was hoping. Well, as you know, it's, uh, it's the worst quiz so far. Say that again. Sorry, I, so you see my battery's about to die, so I'd plug in my phone chair. Oh yeah, good man. Never mind, it wasn't very exciting. I'll go <laughs> A. <laughs> well, it mostly seeds what you're looking for, um, just really? to to let everybody know there yeah and then one of the questions that we wanted to ask for next week is how do you prevent one child from destroying the mood of the house if they're not happy nobody is allowed to be happy uh, i think this is a fairly common one dadcast at offtheball.com for your considered thoughts on that or you can always um get us at dadcast pod but that is pretty much all we've got time for on this week's show my apologies for shaving off the first 15 minutes when uh nathan jesus you should have heard the things he was saying about his mother-in-law did not happen. There's, there's there's a there's a hotel there's a hotel in the south east of Ireland that's dodged a major bullet, as has Nathan's mother in law. Oh yeah, very good point. I was this place was absolutely slated. <laughs> <laughs> that I will go along with, yes. So he's possibly saved himself a lawsuit do as that. well. We'll we'll do that next week, Nathan. You can tell us about yeah. your, your, your holiday next week and um pretend it never uh, happened. Being forced to spend time talking to your children was about the worst thing that could possibly happen to a, <laughs> to a forty year old man. True. All right, we'll we'll see you next week. Dadcast: Misadventures in Parenting, brought to you by Cadbury Freddo Treasures. Discover the new Freddo Treasures Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons, one surprise toy in every chest. <laughs>